everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Today we're going to be talking about the best jacket release of We Have Demons number two. This is from writer Scott Snyder. We have pencil work by, although I suppose it's digital pencil work by Craig Capullo, uh, Jonathan Glapian on inks, Dave McCaig on colors, Tom Napolitano on letters. Um, man, after the first issue, which I was I really enjoyed like I just enjoyed what a wild ride it was. You know, we talked about when we reviewed the first issue, how it felt like Snyder and Capullo were really getting to cut loose. You know, sky's the limit. The story could go anywhere. Uh, unlike DC work where, you know, there's oversight and you you know that because Superman and Batman and whatnot are not are, you know, worth a lot of money to their companies, they're always going to come back to status quo. It, it's completely unpredictable. And we have demons. No idea where the story could go. Sky's the limit. So I, it, it, and it's really over the top and they, cl they're clearly having fun uh, doing it. So I was pretty impressed with the first uh, issue. That being said, I thought there was a little more emotion in the second. Um, and it felt like a bigger chunk of story to me. So I, I, I think I liked the second issue even better than the first. I don't know. What, what did you think, Rocky? Uh, it, it added it added more to the mythology. That's what I enjoyed about it. I I like that uh, we we found out more information. Uh, the 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 first issue gave us a, a lot of information that which was very helpful. But this this definitely uh, it added more substance, more history, gave us some more background of the characters. We met more of the team. We met more about this new interesting character, this uh, this Gus character, this Gus Heller. <laughs> this yeah. demon character. So I thought I thought this was a more interesting issue myself. Uh, the first issue was a great primer, but this one I would agree it's just it's, it's slightly more enticing. It's really nice to see that the second issue is is on par or maybe a little bit better than the first. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, we we talked a lot or I talked a lot uh, about the idea in the first issue of taking these two ideas that usually are sort of op on opposite ends of storytelling, you know, belief and religion means you maybe you don't buy into science or you believe so much science that you kind of poo-poo religion um and and scott taking those two ideas and, and melding them together which i i really thought was a an idea whose whose time is long and coming <laughs> like um you know i believe that there's something out there that's that's bigger than us uh, but I'm, I'm very much a believer in science as well i don't see why you can't have have both uh, so that idea being introduced in the in the first issue was was fantastic, and and the ideas of the of the elements, the horn and the halo and everything, I just just loved everything about it. The thousand blades, like right away, I heard a thousand blades, and my mind starts ticking away. How can I turn that into a T-shirt? That would be fantastic. Have the halo on it, maybe a blade on the back or something like that. Maybe I can make it glow in the dark. That would just be like super <laughs> cool. Uh, but anyway, a lot a lot of great ideas, right? Um, but maybe more like you were saying of a, of a setup or an overview. And then when we get to this second issue, what Scott and uh, Greg and Jonathan and everyone have done is so now they're, they're taking those ideas that they introduced in the first issue and they're sort of applying them to the characters that we were introduced to in the first issue, but they're applying them to the characters. We're seeing how those ideas have affected lamb and Gus uh, how they've brought them to the place that they are currently in the story, which then brings like some emotional weight, right? So we're, we're introduced to the ideas at first and now the ideas are being applied and we start seeing how they're affecting the, uh, the characters in the story. So I, I think in that way, um, maybe that's why the second issue feels, I don't know, maybe the word is in, impactful or, or emotional 
where, you know, like you were saying, we're starting to get to know these characters uh, more. And Gus is, you know, visually, visually fantastic with what, um, <laughs> with what uh, Greg Capullo is doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I particularly like, because the first issue we, we were told the story of sort of like the God folk. And we were told it more from almost like the human point of view, almost through the, the eyes, almost through the eyes of of the lead character Lamb, uh, Lamb, her father's character Cash, and uh, here we we get the demon folk side, and, and Gus is of course a demon, and it's interesting because you know one of the one of the questions that's answered is if Gus is a demon, how come he's a good guy? And of course, uh, we we get the history of Gus, and through Gus's telling of the story. To, to Lamb, giving Lamb his backstory, it's we, we learn a lot more about about the history of of what I guess of the bad guys. You know, wh- when the demons first came, when because we have these meteorites, these asteroids that <laughs> maybe hit Earth, containing Halo or Horn, and of Horn, Horn seems to have more influence, more negative influence. Uh, Horn is the darkness as opposed to the light that is the Halo. And there hasn't been a lot of halos. There hasn't been a lot of meteorites hitting the earth <laughs> containing a lot of halos. So that the good guys are out. They they need more halo and they're desperate for it. Meanwhile, the demons are outnumbering them because there's a lot more horn apparently on the earth. And uh, I really like Gus's history here. And I don't know if you want to uh, get into that, but uh, Gus's, Gus's character is, is really interesting. He's over 100,000 years old and how he ends up you know, frozen in an iceberg, only at only you know, just as he was bitten and infected by the horn, uh, before the horn can comp- completely infect the the Gus. Uh, I'm calling him Gus for simplicity's sake. His real name, uh, his b- birth name, was Rahalor Sta. <laughs> but he was in a hundred thousand years ago. He was uh, basically a troglodyte caveman, sort of infected with the with the horn. But then he was frozen in ice. And then he was, he was, of course, he was defrosted a hundred thousand years later, only to uh, basically he's defrosted. It's almost like Captain America, except a lot longer than Captain America. And when he's unfrozen, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's sort of like the the super soldier, but he's he's infected with this horn, and it's Cash who actually befriends him, and they they experiment on on Gus, but it's Cash that befriends him and creates that that sort of halo, that tiara that he wears containing halo, which prevents him from being fully uh, transformed into a demon. And that's how he became an ally of cash. And it's quite interesting how Snyder ties that relationship. Cash's relationship with the demon is very much a metaphor for, you know, the, the relationship that we all have with our darker side, you know, you know, keeping our darkness at bay. And in, and in this story, cash does that by, by, through the use of the halo, but one could also say it's through the use of friendship and, and, you know, seeing through the darkness and seeing the light and the good in everyone, even a demon. So, you know, I mean, full, full credit to, to Snyder here, even with this character work, even on the surface level, there's, there's a lot of meaning here and a lot of metaphor that one can take into one's own, uh, one's own life. If you, depending on how deep you want to get into the story. Yeah. It's a hundred percent that. Which I think is is so interesting because you can read it in so many different ways. Why, why is it worse? Why is there so much more bad stuff in the world than good? Seemingly, why why has so much more horn hit than halo? Uh, and that gets into the idea of of the religious or or the faith part of the story, right? Like Cash is somebody 
who sort of believes in the in the better side of things. So, you know, you can look at the story as like, okay, the the earth is coming to an end, the horn people forces or whatever, the demon folk, I guess what we'll say, are rising up because things are just so bad. Everybody's is is separate. Nobody's connected. Right. And so you can start seeing all those ideas that that Snyder's throwing out, you know, in, in Gus's own words. And and the reason he's called Gus, because he does have that uh, real long name uh, that, that Rocky said, I can't remember what it, uh, yeah, the raw hello Sta, uh, <laughs> but he was found frozen in the Augustus iceberg. And it's a lot easier to say Gus than raw hello Sta, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. nickname him Gus, and, and that's, that's fantastic. Um, but even when he talks about, you know, way back when everything was, um, people were being infected, obviously there weren't as many, humans back then um but horn was still there and then you know you fast forward he's uh, he's thought out and now the world is is coming to an end there's so much more horn there's not as much halo and you can look at it as kind of a, a commentary on where we are right now it seems like things are much more bad than they are good um but really it's about how do you overcome that it's about connectivity it's about reaching out like rocky was saying overcoming your own demons and and how does Gus do that? Well, he does it with the help of friendship. I love the line um, that Snyder gives to to Gus. So from his perspective, he's Gus is telling us what he thinks Halo is and what he thinks Horn is. And he says, Halo is the effort your hand extended, right? Like you're reaching out to somebody. You want that connectivity. You want um, to be something, be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Horn is your hand clawing up, grabbing at everything, pulling it down, pulling it into you. It's hunger, right? It's it's sort of greed. Um, you want everything for yourself. You're not thinking about anybody else. You're not trying to be part of something that's bigger than yourself because it can be better than yourself. You know, like if we're going to survive as a human species, both in this story and in real life, we need to work together. Nobody's going to, you know, the, nobody's Superman. Nobody has superpowers and we're not going to get out of this mess that we're in on our own. Again, both in the real world and in this story, they've got to work together. So it's about that idea of of using Halo, using our, our better angels. And it's it goes even farther when you talk about Cash pulling Gus back from, from almost his complete transformation into a demon from the horn. Mm -hmm. Gus has belief, like Rocky was saying, that people, individuals can fight off their inner demons, but maybe they need a little help. And how do you get that help? You get, you get that help by giving something of yourself. And in this case, what Snyder does is he says that, that Cash Cullen, Lamb's father, took a small piece of his own blade, like, he, you know, something that was an extension of him, something that he needed uh, to keep fighting demons. He sacrificed a little of his own blade to make the halo uh, that Gus wears that, that helps hold Gus back from his, uh, his, his full transformation going – you know, full, full, full demon or, or what have you. So and that, that's I, again, a great metaphor because just yeah. a, a small piece of halo, just like a small act of kindness can, can mm -hmm. make somebody who is evil, you know, you, you know, kinder himself, like kindness spreads. And, and maybe that's why there's less halo than horn because halo is so much more powerful. You know, you can have a small piece of halo that might be, maybe it's even more, a small piece of halo is more powerful than a large piece of horn just because of the power of, of light and love and depending on, you know, how, how the metaphor is going to be played uh, with, with Snyder here. But I love, I love the, I love the clenched fist idea. The idea that, you know, the, the horn is like the clenched fist, 
you know, it's, but, but yet I like the, um, I interject my, another metaphor that, you know, when you, when you learn to love and, and, and embrace light, you can let go. And it's like, if you're trying to cup water, you can, if you have water in your palm of your hand, it'll stay there. But the moment you clench your fist, you'll lose the water. And so, yeah. you know, that's what the horn is. It's the negativity and, 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 and it, it always, it's self-defeating. And so, yeah, I mean, just this, the metaphors. And I think these metaphors come naturally as we read this. I mean, you and I aren't like, you know, it's not like we're trying to over philosophize this, <laughs> this story. It just, it's got good themes to it. That's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it, it's like, these aren't, you know, Scott didn't come up with these ideas of, of light versus dark or, or connectivity versus, uh, individuality or what have you like i think you know in, in talking about this there's a little bit i get a little bit of the star wars vibe you know of the yeah. of the light and the dark you know you can talk about open fist closed fist in terms of kind of eastern philosophy and, and different martial arts styles but yeah it's that idea that the negative emotions the anger the greed that's not that's not the way we save each other you know we we need to look to the better parts of our ourselves so uh as far as the story itself so Lamb is learning about all this stuff. She's she's getting to know Gus that she met at the end of last issue. And we're getting to know Gus as Gus sort of uh, plays the role of narrator for this issue. Uh, but she gets to meet some of the other Blades that are left. And they're they're all on their way to uh, a, a kind of a remote spot in Norway where they think more Halo is going to land. And apparently Lamb's father, Cash Cullen, at several times predicted that some more Halo was going to land. And it never did. And every time they'd get a little more dejected, it felt like maybe they had... They struggled. It was a little harder to believe that that they were going to win. A little harder to have have faith. But apparently, that when Cash Cullen uh, predicted or uh, figured out that this Halo was going to land in in Norway, he was more confident than ever that he was right this time. Uh, and so they're on their way there. They get attacked, unfortunately, in midair by a bunch of demon folk. <laughs> uh, they lose a like. There's already very few blades. They even lose uh, some in the on the journey over there. They get to this remote cabin that's been rented. They're waiting for the halo to come down. And sort of the leader of the the blades, um, she says that they find out, her name is June. They find out that there's a traitor among them. Demon. They have some demon blood and, and demon blood reacts to other demon blood. And so they're worried there's a traitor in the midst of the blades that are left. And she goes around and she's sort of testing. She's holding the demon blood up next to each person to see who it reacts to. And it doesn't react to any of them, but does react to something that was on the plane. Because the other thing that they brought with them was the body of Cash Cullen. Um, and it's a huge reveal at the end. Uh, and, you know, again, apologies. We're going full spoilers here. So apologies if you haven't read it. Well, I don't, I don't need to show the page. I can We can keep it a spoiler. but Well, should we? Or should we go? Well, yeah, it's... You know what? It it is it is interesting. It it adds it adds a very very much a new element to it because yeah, pause it. Pull... yeah, if you haven't read this everybody, pause <laughs> pause the review, go read it, and come back because <laughs> we're gonna spoil it right here. All yeah, right. what it's reacting to, what the demon blood is reacting to is actually uh Lamb's father's body, Cash Cullen, who who had the most faith of anybody, who was the epitome of what it meant to be a blade and have faith. He's a demon, he's infected. Um, and it just, it threw me for, for a loop. It's like all these metaphors we're talking about and, and the faith of cash and everything. And, and wait, he, he's infected that that's just brutal. That that's like, 
to go back to my Star Wars analogy, that's like Luke turning to the dark side. <laughs> no, not Cash Cullen. Not <laughs> yeah. him. He was the best of them. And and how will the others keep their faith with this uh, this sort of event happening? With, with you know, when they see the best of them defeated and, and not just killed, but turned to the other side. And for Lamb, she's struggling with her faith, right? Like she has one of the blades that used to be her mother's, and the blade is activated by faith. And you know, with the life that she's led, she doesn't necessarily have faith in God. And June tells her at one point, you don't need to have faith in, in God. You just need to believe, you just need to have belief, belief in something. And it's actually a pretty funny sequence when uh, she's fighting an armadillo that's been <laughs> infected with horn. Uh, and the reason they do an armadillo is because uh, apparently a human can can only be infected with horn if it's bit by another human that's infected with horn. So if you get bit by another animal that's infected with horn, it, it you can still be killed, shoot up or whatever, but you're not going to be transformed. Um, but they do it as sort of a training thing for, uh, for lamb. And she's, she's trying to get her blade to glow. Um, <laughs> you know, her blade that's made out of halo. Uh, and, and she's talking about things that she believes in just to get it to glow. And she's like, uh, coffee, uh, taxing the rich, Beyonce, <laughs> yeah. like, come on, blade. Yeah. These are things I believe in. Like, so as, as heavy as this is and, and as fantastic and, interesting as these big ideas are there's still plenty of humor and right. i i've always it, felt like capullo's art is perfect for that like he he draws yeah. big bombastic action scenes but there's always a softness to his art that i think what makes that humor work you know he, he's not like for me uh todd mcfarland's art like he has some similarities with capullo's art and obviously capullo worked on spawn for a, a long time but for me the sharpness and the detail in mcfarland's art it goes a little farther than it does in Capullo's and it doesn't necessarily suit humor as well. Humor doesn't play as well with like McFarlane art in my mind, as much as it does uh, Capullo's. So yeah. little lighthearted moments like that, keep it fun uh, as well. I would just add that not only is that a lighthearted moment, but it's also another uh, revealing moment because it's funny that she's trying to find faith in something. She thinks she's got faith in all these things, but I like the fact that faith isn't what we all maybe think it is you know faith isn't oh i I love elvis presley or i love beyonce and i have faith and no that's not what faith is faith is something it has a deeper meaning than that and and you can't just pretend you have faith in something it's so there's there's almost like a higher power that determines what you actually believe in and and it's not a coincidence that when she thinks about her father she starts to get more of her faith and it's her so it, i like the fact that you can't sort of you can't trick the halo into thinking that you have yeah. faith in something when you don't. So there's, there is a higher power that seems to be at play here. And that's what I really like. And you alluded to the fact that there, there's definitely kind of a Sith Jedi sort of uh, vibe to this, but it, it seems to have its own kind of mythology here. And I, I, I like the way that Snyder's playing with it. Yeah. Well, the other point I'm glad you brought up when she does think about her dad and it starts working. Um, what's interesting is, but then in that moment, you know, like she's fighting the, one of the uh, demon folk that attacks them in midair on the plane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's fighting and her blade starts to glow and she doesn't even necessarily notice it. But Gus notices and says, Lamb, your blade. And she goes, yeah, it's working. I thought of my dad. And then it's like at the moment she realizes it's working, <laughs> yeah. it stops working. Yeah. Like it's it's that idea that that like you were saying that faith is it's something that you we're not even necessarily conscious of, you know, yeah, you can believe that we should tax the rich or you can believe the sky is blue and grass is green or whatever, but that's at the surface. It, it, what is truly in your heart? What is, you know, it's faith that comes from your subconscious that's so 
ingrained as a part of you that uh, that it is subconscious. It happens without you thinking about it. And if you do stop to think about it, you kind of you kind of yeah. lose it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, which was a fantastic <clears throat> idea of, of the idea of cupping water in your hand. But as soon as you try to grasp it, it you know yeah. flows away. That's the idea of faith. Like I think this is what I believe in. But as soon as you try to put your hand around it, you, you've lost it. So yeah, yeah I mean, th and the the again, I, I go back to the idea that that Capullo and Snyder are doing this away from DC, you know, where there yeah. isn't. Um, and and I'm not saying that they don't still have stories to tell at DC or might not go back to DC or or aren't you know fantastic creators that could tell great stories still at DC. But it's just the idea that the sky's the limit. They own this stuff. They can do whatever they want. Um, they're not beholden to the characters. And even as readers, we're like, well, we don't have any, we're not coming to it with any preconceived ideas. You know, like yeah. if you go and reread a Batman comic or a Superman comic or a Spider-Man comic, you expect them to act a certain way because they've been around for decades and they've acted that certain way. And even if you try to make a, you know, a big status change in those characters in the back of your mind, as a longtime comic reader, you know, it's got to come back to true. So they can still sell the pajamas and, uh, yeah candy bars and breakfast cereal and put them on the big screen in the, the movies and whatnot. This, I have, I have no expectation. I have no idea where it's going to go. I can be surprised. Yeah. And I love that. And w w another thing I like, and it, and again, even the swearing in this, it, it, there's actually an in-story explanation for the swearing because I love the fact that it's, it's, it's not easy to access faith and a higher power. I mean, it, it does require sort of an innate amount of spirit, you know, probably some internal spiritual work of some kind, at least that's hinted at, given Lamb's sort of inability to master and get a hold of her own faith. But what I like is, is how easy it is to access for the demons to access who they are. And, and, and I think swearing is an indication of that. <laughs> I mean, the demons all swear. It's because that's one way you can tell a demon. They're cursing all the time. And yeah. it's, it's actually one of the tells. It's like a poker face. It's somebody swearing all the time. And there's, again, there's a metaphor there too. I mean, I, I can always tell when I'm upset because I'm generally swearing yeah. a little bit more. So, uh, I really like that. And, and, and that adds again, that adds to the humor of the story because there's a there's one time where she's you know lamb utters the word shit and then she changes the shoot and she she's trying to correct herself so she's because she's normally kind of a potty mouth herself and so it's just snyder's really done his 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 legwork and his homework here and there's consistency and interplay between not only the themes but how the characters talk and their dialogue and everything and it's just impressive and this leads into my next thing, which I've really enjoyed. I love the international uh, grouping. Like, I love all the, the people that are members of this group. We got June, who I think is American. Mark's Canadian. You know, go Canadian. Uh, Kanj, Kanjo, Kanji is Japanese. Tiro is from South Africa. Ketch is from Scotland. Kellen is from Great Britain. Manu and Ava are from Germany and Iran. And Zhao, the pilot, who unfortunately doesn't make it through the issue, he's from Brazil. <laughs> I mean, we have an international cast. So we have an entire world, people from all over the world that are part of this Halo, uh, Halo quest. And there's, a, there's a sense that this is, this isn't just an American story or Western story. This, this is a, it's a diverse cast. And it's just, it's just very well done. It's just, you know, I mean, again, I, this is, you know, shame on DC for not, uh, you know, off, you know, <laughs> this would have been a great Vertigo or uh, Black Label title, but hey, man, if I got a, 
hats off to Snyder because uh, I'm definitely going to stick with this through Comicsology, man. This is this is very this is very well put together. Yeah, and we know we're going to get print, uh, you know, print versions of this. I'll definitely be be double dipping. I'm I'm I can't I don't want to wait. I certainly won't wait for the chapters to come out in print because I want to read it because it's so good. But this is a story I want to own. You know, I want to own the. Uh, the individual issues. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I heard Scott say that they're going to do variant covers. They're very much going to treat this um, as a, a direct market comic, as opposed to some of the other best jacket titles that are coming through comiXology. Maybe like they might collect them as one shots and, and that kind of thing. But this is, this is built for, for the direct market. Um, and yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, DC, but again, I mean, DC is never going to let Scott and Greg do this over there. If Scott and Greg want to own it hundred percent. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're doing this, that, that Scott's doing some, uh, some stuff. And he's supposed to come on soon to talk about um, his best jacket stuff and, and kind of the idea of, of distributing things in different ways, Noctera being kickstarted first and, and that kind of stuff. Cause him and I have talked about it in the past about finding new ways to, to bring new, new people in. And we, we both agree that digital is sort of the, it's the modern version of the spinner rack where you can browse and, and find things. So, uh, but yeah, I agree with you about the uh, diverse cast. And uh, again, I think it goes back to the idea of connectivity and we don't, again, we don't get out of the mess we're in in the real world and they don't get out of the mess they're in and we have demons without working together. And that doesn't just mean Americans working together or Canadians working together or Brazilians work like we as a planet, I feel like need to come together a little bit more. Uh, if anything, the pandemic has, has shown us that. Um, so as far as like predicting what's going to happen or what I want to happen, um, I would love to see the halo actually hit like. And maybe it's not going to be as much as they, they might hope, mm-hmm. but maybe we could have a few issues where they go around and they they're recruiting new new members of the blades because they have Halo to uh, to actually fashion new blades, and yeah. and that could be kind of a globe trotting thing where they're jumping around looking for. Um, the other thing I wonder is I, I it's going to go one of two ways I think either Cash Cullen is dispatched quickly, and and Lamb will probably be the one to do it maybe next issue or how much more brutal would it be? And it, in, in my mind, it would create more of a sense of menace that lamb would start to become a bigger part of the blades, but her father, her de- her demon infested father that's been turned would, would become kind of the leader of the horn that, that would just, yeah. Oh man. How, how like traumatizing and horrible for lamb, uh, and, and, you know, filled with regret that her relationship with her father wasn't as, as good as it, it started out when she was a little kid and had that sort of hero worship that we all have for our parents when we're very young like that. Oh, I, I don't know if I want that, but that's probably what we'll get. Cause you know, the whole idea of Snyder's going to give us readers what we need rather than what we want. He's going to well, make us un- uncomfortable well, by doing that. So, well, one of the questions I have following up on, on your comments there is can can cash be converted back to the side of the halo because mm. Gus Gus you know like a, a a halo tiara converted Gus on the put Gus on the side of uh halo can why not just create a small piece of halo and put it on cash maybe that'll convert him back to uh their side who knows like you know exactly how powerful how powerful was the conversion i mean in other words and this is we get into that other question now is how much is it, is this dictated by you know you know it's nature versus nurture if mm-hmm. if if cash was innately a good person 
does he, how much hail, maybe he needs less halo to overcome a demon uh, temptation. Like maybe halo and horn, uh, you know, are, are we, are we only good because of a, because of a substance called halo or are we only bad because of horn? Do we not have free will to determine our innate goodness? Well, to what extent does halo and horn overcome our free will? And I mean, cause it's sort of playing with that a little bit. So, you know, and this is where, again, it's the whole Jedi Sith thing, you know, trying, you know, there was, there was some good, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi was wrong about Darth Vader. There, Luke Skywalker was right. There was still good in his father, yeah. you know? So, yeah. so what about, well, uh, what about this case? Yeah. Yeah. It goes to the question, which I mean, we're getting a little bit pend- uh, pedantic here, but you know, Gus had said, well, his body got frozen before the horn finished the transformation. Well, Cash right. hasn't been, he hasn't been dead that long. So is this transformation complete? What does that mean that the transformation yeah. is complete? Well, what does it mean that he was dead? I mean, because yeah. uh, Gus was, did, never died. He was in suspended was, yeah, frozen animation, yeah, was, I guess. But Yeah, he got frozen before the, the transformation was complete. But, it, you know, it, it it goes to the question of, like you were saying, is is it the how long the transformation takes depending on how good the person was? Like, where's the, you know, is it yeah. the same for everybody? Does it take longer somebody who's a bad person as opposed to somebody who's a good person? So again, I mean, my little details that, that might not matter in the end, but it's a good question to to ask uh, for sure. <laughs> I gotta I gotta make a comment. My my favorite scene in the entire issue of issue two is when they're they're flying in the air. There's a they're they're in the they're in the plane, and there's a there's the plane ahead of them that's that is, you soon discover is filled with demons, and the the back of the plane ahead of them opens up, and there's this little girl holding a teddy bear, and she smiles and waves to <laughs> waves to Zhao, the, the pilot. And of course, she's a demon and then she jumps right on the plane <laughs> and turns into a demon. It's such a what? It's such an awesome transformation because it looks so innocent and it becomes completely horror-filled. It goes from complete innocence to abject terror in just in, in such a perfect sequence, beautifully drawn by Greg Capullo. It's very well done. Yeah, I, I, I give Greg a lot of credit for that because she's got what I would call a shit-eating grin on her face <laughs> yeah. where she knows, you know, she, she knows she's horrible. She knows she's a demon and she knows she's about to have a hell of a lot of fun. What, what passes for fun for a demon, you know, it's all there in, in that one panel. So yeah, I agree. So um, if you guys aren't reading, we have demons, uh, you're really missing out. And, uh, you know, the other titles have all been spectacular. We've had the, the first issue of, of Clear that we've talked about. We had the first issue of Night of the Ghoul that we talked about, which is absolutely fantastic. So next week, we'll uh, we'll have the second issue of, of Clear. Uh, and then the following week, the second issue of, uh, of Night of the Ghoul. And they're all worth your time. And like I said in the past, when we've talked about these, you subscribe to uh, Comixology Unlimited. It's like $5.99 a month. And you get all the Comixology originals, including all of the best jacket titles, plus uh, for, like a forty thousand dollar, a uh, forty thousand comic library of um, of books to read, with some classics from Marvel and DC and Image and and just all kinds of great stuff. If you have Amazon Prime, you you don't get that forty thousand book library, but you get all of the Comixology originals, so you can do that as well. Or the final way that you can do it, and even Scott's like, don't don't do this. And I think I heard him say. It's probably not what I should be telling people because I probably make more money if people just go and buy the individual issues. But he, even he's saying, don't do that. It's like four ninety nine for an individual issue. For a dollar more, you can get all the issues and plus the the library. So uh, again, I think it's a fantastic way to to do it. And if you're one of those people that's like, man, I just hate digital. 
you know what? You're going to have to wait a little longer. I think um, it's like four or five months, maybe. I don't think it's as long as a year, maybe six months. Uh, after they're released on Comixology, they'll be printed from Dark Horse. Dark Horse and Comixology made a deal that all their original uh, content on Comixology, all their Comixology originals, as they call them, are going to be in print from Dark Horse, uh, assuming the paper shortage doesn't uh, get worse. Um, so yeah, you'll have a chance to read these if you're one of those people that just refuses to read digital. Uh, I guess you can come here and let us talk about it and then experience it for yourself in a, in a few months' time. So you know, hats off to Scott. Like I said, ho we hope to have him on soon to talk about all this stuff. Uh, he's, as you can imagine, very busy teaching his class and, um, you know, getting the word out for all this stuff. But it's been a while since we've had him on the show. So uh, hopefully we'll have him on uh, for you soon. So I, this, I go back and forth, Rocky. Like I thought Clear was my favorite title. And then I'm like, oh, Night of the Ghoul. I don't know. And then I read the second issue of We Have Demons. I'm like, why is it? No, this one's my favorite. But then I have a feeling my favorite Best Jacket titles, whichever one I've read, most recently <laughs> they're all just fantastic so uh, yeah. i love it uh any last thoughts as we wrap up here rock i'm just uh hats off to snyder and capullo uh this was uh the whole team clappy and mckig the creative team have done a really good job here this is uh it's a hot what i'm clearly this is the easily the best comic i've read this week certainly better than anything we read in our dc comics reviews this is absolutely something that people should be reading and if uh, if you're a person that's connect uh, normally addicted to the physical copies man this is a great incentive to try digital because uh, as you said comicsology is the, is definitely you get a lot of good bang for your buck yeah and good point on calling out the rest of the team we probably didn't talk enough about what a great job glappian and, and mckeg did i mean Glappian Zinks over uh, Greg are always fantastic. And, and Greg's the first one to, to talk about how additive Jonathan is and in, in adding that grit and that visceral feel and the textures to his art. And, and that you need that in, the, in, in, in this sort of story where Capullo is really pushing himself and going over the top with these demons and monsters and, and blood and gore. You need those textures to, to kind of separate and have the art pop off the page, the line work, uh, something more than just pencil. Um, and then the colors from Dave McKaig are, are fantastic. You know, whenever, whenever you talk about halo or a blade glowing, like it, it looks like it's glowing on the page. Uh, it's, so it's, it's fantastic. And I, I, I think also the fact that you're reading it on a screen helps with that as well, as opposed to, you know, just flat on paper. Just one more reason to give digital a try. When I first started reading digital, when I got into uh, the press side of things and started covering stuff and uh, I would get early copies that were digital, um, there's no way to not get them digitally. And so I was forced to read digitally and I was a little resistant because I, I like that smell. I like the feel, but I got to I got to tell you, uh, being able to carry around thousands of comics on your iPad, um, and, and being able to see the art and zoom and pinch in and that, that kind of thing. It's, it's worth it. So give it a try. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to add one thing again. I, th I said this before, but I love guided view, the guided view format mm -hmm. in Comixology. Reading We Have Demons with the guided view where you can't cheat and you don't see the full page until, you know, I always suggest doing that because it's especially when you're at a reading a horror-like comic like this, that guided view where you just, you, you can't cheat to look ahead. You don't see the whole page. You just see it scene by scene or panel by panel. I love it. I, I just, it's, it makes for a much more satisfying reading experience overall in my, in my opinion. See, I need to try that because I've only it's, been reading them on my, try it, man. The, the Kindle library. I got to remember to try that. Uh, so yeah. anyway, uh, 
we hope you guys enjoyed this review. Uh, if you haven't given We Have Demons a try, please do so. It, it really is uh, very much worth your time. So just a reminder, if you're only listening to the audio version of this on uh, the Comic Source podcast, we do appreciate that. But be sure you head over to YouTube, search for the Comic Boom uh, YouTube channel. It's Comic Space Boom! Exclamation. Give Rocky uh, a, a subscribe. Give him a follow. Make sure you like this video. Uh, all that helps us with uh, to grow our numbers and get greater access and be able to cover more things for you. Conversely, if you are over on the Comic Boom channel uh, on YouTube, we, we appreciate that you're here. Leave a comment down in the section below. But also go uh, to your favorite podcast platform or uh, podcast app on your smart device and do a search for the Comic Source and subscribe so you make sure you uh, don't miss any of our audio content either. So uh, once again, we love this issue. It was absolutely fantastic. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.